When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Megan Gilbert, and welcome to the Fresh Exchange Podcast. It is a rainy, beautiful fall day here in northern Michigan, and it seems like the perfect day to sit back and do some reflecting. This whole month in our community in particular, we're talking about reflecting, getting I to be able to identify things about growth in our gardens, the things we succeeded at, the things that meant a lot, the things that challenged us. And part of that is also acknowledging our stories. We are watching the trees change. And in that, they are telling their own stories to us. In my mind, this gives us some permission, permission to open up, to look at ourselves in new ways to really see how our own story has made us who we are. And so I felt like it was finally time to sit down and like kind of tell some of my own story about the garden because what I've found over the years is that everything that we go through in some way connects another dot. For instance, what I mean is that we can go through experiences in our life, positive, negative, beautiful, wonderful, hard, whatever it may be, but these things can actually be the thing that helps define our futures or to prepare us for something in our future. It could prepare us for multiple things in our futures. We don't know. But what I'm learning is that there's different stories that do this. One of them for me happened when I was younger. And so I wanted to 
spend the time today kind of going through that with you guys. And for, for a long time, I really felt like this story was something I didn't really want to tell. And I think the reason being is that it acknowledged a space that I think I wanted to hold for myself. Like I wanted it to be all mine and in a good way, but also like if I talk about it, it makes it real. It makes it something that I now have to hold myself to identify. And so this story is kind of came up in a big way for me during the pandemic. And I, because of some, a multitude of things. And I just want to say like this story obviously involves some loss and it involves healing and all of that. So if any of that is hard to listen to or not something you want to carry right now, I 100% understand that and just want to let you know. We all have a lot going on. So I just want to be upfront about that, that I think this is a beautiful story and that it entails some really amazing things that I hope allow us all to engage with some of these emotions of grief and processing it and understanding that there's beauty through the process. But I also understand many people struggling right now with loss and not being able to barely carry their own things. So this isn't the normal podcast about gardening, but I think it's an important part because it identifies why to me the garden is incredibly important. And since this season is all about reflecting, I wanted to do that. I wanted to be really open because like I said, through the pandemic, I went through this process of like re-engaging with some of this past struggle and challenges in my life and parts of my story that it was hard in the moment to go through. And I, you know, went through some therapy and everything, but it was also incredibly freeing to go through the process and to be on the other side. And I think it's a continual process, but part of that process is telling a story, putting it out there in the world and letting it live and breathe all its own. Because I think that's probably one of the most important parts of healing and learning and growing as a human is doing that. So that's what we're going to do today. And I hopefully don't cry too much or anything, but if I do, you know, it's part of the experience and it's part of why I'm here. But so the reason this was so big for me through the pandemic was that because of this story and this experience, it triggered in me as a young child, a problem with separation anxiety. And I didn't know that's what I was going through. Um, but this is something that, you know, you can, is really hard to get through. Uh, separation anxiety is a very challenging thing, just like any anxiety disorder. But for me, it's triggered at different points in my life, different challenges. And during the pandemic, 
there was so much loss going on, so much potential loss. You know, my parents getting sick, Mike's parents getting sick, grandparents getting sick, aunts and uncles getting sick. You know, you don't know and you don't know the outcome. And then what about my kids? I have a newborn. You know, what if something happens to me? You know, there's so many layers of it that I I felt very crushed during the pandemic. And for some people, I think it was easier to navigate emotionally than it was for somebody like me who loss is extremely triggering because of my own past and this disorder that came from it. So I, and this is why I think it's so important is like when we think about things like the pandemic and we think about things at all that are unique in different people's lives, like we don't know the book that lies underneath the surface of why people are choosing the things that they're choosing. And for me, it was really frustrating and hard to navigate because people would downplay things in the pandemic or it was some people have more ease with it than I did, even if, you know, they believed in it or whatever, they seemed to have more ease and I didn't. And it was because of my experience that I realized that. So I started therapy and I realized through the pandemic too, that the garden became this extremely safe space for me. It was a grounding place, a place I could go to that felt outside of the rest of the world. And I needed that more than ever. So the this is important, you know, to acknowledge. And so this year though, I took a new approach with the garden. I wanted to sit with it. I wanted to be with it more. And in that process, I was able to actually process this story I'm going to tell. And, um, which I think is incredibly important because this happened to me when I was seven and I'm almost 35, you know, this is something that sat with me for a really long time and I had never fully processed it and therapy was helpful with that. But it was also Mike saying to me in June, um, cause he knows the story. Obviously we've been married for 12 years almost. And he said, you know, you love the garden because of your grandfather. And I was like, gosh, I don't know. Really? Like I, it, it like really sat with me and now here in, you know, October, I can tell you without a doubt that he's right. And sometimes you just need somebody to tell us that. And so, yeah. So I'm going to tell you the story about my grandfather who his name is, was William. And he went by Bill. He was my mom's father. And I, we, I grew up until I was seven years old in Harbor Springs, Michigan, which is just further up the coast from Traverse City than where we are right now. And it's a beautiful little town. It's quaint. It's quiet. It's um, something out of a movie, really. But they lived just down the road from us. And it, you know, it's like the perfect setting. Your grandparents live down the road from you. You're in a tiny little town. You have the perfect seasons. Everything was really, when I think about five, six years old, life was pretty great. It was pretty magical. 
And every few days I, you know, I would walk to school, I'd go to kindergarten and then my grandfather would walk down and pick me up. And then he'd take me back to his house where my grandmother was. And I spent a lot of time with him and my grandfather was a wonderful man. He was calm. He was collected. He was loving and all he wanted to do was take care of other people in his lives and to do the right thing. And he grew a one acre garden. Him and my grandmother would, my grandmother did a lot of preservation and I spent many days in the summer with them. And I don't remember a lot of it. I started remembering it very closely when I was five years old. And I have a lot of incredible memories from being there with them. And then I also have incredible memories with my other grandparents as well that also lived in town. I mean, how many kids can say that, that they had both kids, both grandparents around? I think it's incredible. So, but that perfect world was perfect. I mean, I could wander the rows of his garden and taste the broccoli and smell the tomatoes and eat the grapes the Concord grapes that my grandmother made jelly out of. And we'd come inside. And I remember so vividly, like wearing these little shorts, these little like jersey shorts and um, a cotton t shirt and having a little like bob haircut. Actually, I think I had long hair then. No, I did. I remember it. And sitting on their, at their dining room table. And my grandfather made. Uh, he would make us a snack and the snack was saltines, butter, and my grandmother's Concord grape jam. Or sometimes I would assume it was also Welch's, who knows. But it was such a magical memory. And I always felt safe there. I felt so important and held and seen and loved all the things that you need as a five-year-old child. And then one year, my grandfather had fought in World War II. He was a, he didn't fight, fight, but he was a mechanic and um, he was exposed to a lot of things. And he ended up getting pancreatic cancer at a very young age. He was 65. And that year we grew a garden. I was six and I remember growing the garden. And then before we could plant the garden when he when I was seven, because I turned seven that January, he he had passed. He the cancer was extremely aggressive. And I remember many days going and visiting him and him being very sick, being in and out. And I think it was good that I did all those things. Um, but I remember my parents grieving and them going through losses outside of my grandfather because they had other personal things going on with business and work and everything, financial things. And that year, everything that we would have had a garden, instead, I moved to Kentucky, moved from Northern Michigan to Kentucky, which is a dramatically different culture to say the least. And I felt like every like a rug was pulled out underneath me. And I think that's why the pandemic felt so challenging to me. It brought about a lot of emotions from then. 
which made me have to process this. And losing my grandfather was one of the hardest losses I've ever gone through. And I've since lost my grandmother as well. But I went through it unknowing totally what was going on. My parents were going through their own processing. You know, I, looking back as a parent to a five-year-old right now at the same age as my parents were with a two-year-old, just like they were, I don't have any ill feelings to how they handled any of it. I don't know how they did it, to be honest. And we can do our best to see our kids and still fall short. I know that as a parent. And so, but what I do see is that it was a triggering moment in my story. And, but it was a triggering moment in a really incredible way that set a path for my future. And in some ways, I've always wanted to hold on to that time. And I had no idea that I did. I wanted to hold that space, that five year old me forever. I wanted to be there because there was so much comfort, love, connection. And I didn't realize how important that's why the garden to me is that the garden identifies to me that simplicity, that pureness, that comfort, that holding me, that grounding nature of everything. And so, and how it connects people. There isn't a moment that I can think of where I don't smell soil or the tomatoes or the cucumbers or anything or that I don't think of that time and I don't think of my grandfather because when I was, I found out I was having a little boy, I instantly knew his name needed to have my grandfather's name because if there's anybody I wanted him to look up to, I mean, he has many wonderful men in his life to look up to and incredible women, but there was one he never would know particularly well that I needed him to know. And it was my grandfather. And I'm so thankful I gave him that name because it carries, he has so many traits that are like my grandfather. So I see him, but this summer, the most amazing thing was as I was going through this process of going through therapy to understand why I felt the way I did during the pandemic, why I was struggling with the pandemic in general and like getting back to normal, why I feared it, why it felt so like crushing. I, my mom brought these garden trugs that my grandmother or my aunt was selling her house and she had found these and my grandfather had made them for my grandmother and him to go raspberry picking in their backyard. And so I was, I inherited them. They're beautiful. They're cute. You probably seen them in a few photos and I gave them to the kids and, but I started using them a lot and they're probably some of the most precious things to me now because of the story they hold, the meaning that they hold. And there's part of me that wonders if maybe I used them too. I'm assuming I did. I don't have pictures or anything. I wish I did, but I just one day was in the garden and my kids were holding them and I just felt overwhelmed. 
you know, not because I was sad about my grandfather's loss, but I realized in that moment that who some somebody we love, stories that mean so much to us, they can be carried through spaces, through things, through times and decades. And I saw that in that moment. I was watching these kids hold that and I saw it's similar to them being with my grandfather. So, you know, something that will never happen, but yet it can. And so I, I just think about how our gardens can be a space where memories can be held. They can create stories. They can connect us. And not just, not just to the ones we love in the present moment, but connect us to something more. Maybe it's you grew, you're growing tomatoes that, you know, the same ones that your grandfather grew or your grandmother or your dad, or whether they're alive or not, it doesn't matter. You continue on this story, this, this thing that makes you who you are a part of the thing that makes the colors on your leaves what they are. Because no matter what, you know, you think about a maple tree, it it will always have the fact that it's a maple. So it only can make so many colors. And, but its colors change a little bit every year, but there's still something that's in its makeup that always will make it, you know, orange in some way. And I think about that, that this story is that thing for me. That's what makes me who I am. Those days that I spent in my grandfather's garden were the force that placed me to who I am now, to why I look at the garden and all I see is something so incredibly powerful and beautiful and it can hold us. It can heal us in multitudes of ways. And I realized that it can, it's just the great connector. And so though it involved loss and it involved some pain, I realized that that's kind of what life is. You know, sometimes the things that make us who we are are also the things that are the hardest to go through. And we can choose how we see them, how we heal from them, how we progress and use it to make it something down the road. And so I didn't totally know that when I set out to be focused on gardening and to grow my own garden. It's a story that's unfolded the longer I sit with it. And now I see it. I see this, this revealing of who I am because of that. So I have been so incredibly thankful to go through this season and to understand this part of myself even deeper. And to see it as such a beautiful part of my story rather than such a painful part of my story. And there was this moment this summer where, sorry, I'm sniffly, but, (laughs) um, 
I was out in the garden and it was in August and there was a concert going on and I could hear it over the hills and the music didn't mean much, but I think it was just kind of atmospheric and nice and everything. But I was pruning our tomato plants and, um, I just, there was a warm breeze that came over the hill. It wasn't even windy that night. And I could almost see it move over the hill like you can here. And it just like brushed through the tomato leaves with me. And I could smell the tomatoes. And I could feel my grandfather. It was, it was something that I felt totally (laughs) taken by in that moment, but it felt so full circle because after it was after I'd done so much work, you know, to understand this. And it was the first time that I felt different about loss and understanding it in this like space time continuum and how maybe our souls and spirits move through the earth and air and everything in between. Cause I don't understand that. And I don't think anyone does. I don't care what anyone says, but I think we want to make sense of it, but I think we each can make sense of it in our own way. And I think it's different just like every human in every relationship is. So that's how he still lives on for me. And so it was just an incredible moment. And as I think about reflecting on this season, I see so many places where he was. And it's the first time that I've been able to like see that and not feel pain, but feel gratitude and healing. And it just feels really awesome. So I hope that by us, you know, utilizing this month to look back and reflect and kind of take an assessment of ourselves. Maybe this gives you, by me telling this story, by revealing this very like vulnerable part of myself that maybe it'll help you do something similar. Maybe there's something that you didn't even realize was kind of lingering. And I hope you feel like you have the space this year, this fall to kind of allow yourself to go through it, to go through the process. Because I think it's really important. I know here now that it's not just important, but it's given me new fire. It's given me new clarity, um, more joy. It's released something. And that's really cool. Something I didn't even really realize that I needed to release fully, but I could have held it for a long time and missed out on something so beautiful and so incredible about who I am and missed a lot of connection because of it. So I hope that you guys find this a calming and wonderful story more than anything. And yeah, I hope you guys spend time reflecting and looking back on just how you grew when you think about this month in your garden, because your garden has its own level of reflection that it holds in it. So, which speaking of, 
<clears throat> sorry. Next week, we will be talking about more of this reflecting stuff, but not in this way. I plan to talk about the garden and my vegetables that just really were amazing. The ones that challenged me <laughs> and the ones that completely surprised me. So I hope you guys enjoy that episode. That'll be next week. And of course, on Friday, we have our meditation and it's all about the leaves, which will probably further this conversation a little more. So until then, my friends, I'll see you out there. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.